Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Court. I'm your host, Coach Stacy, along with Coach Matt, and today we have a very special guest with us today. The one and only Andrew Nguyen. <laughs> um, so today we got Andrew as a guest. Uh, he's our oldest um, tenured UC Elite coach. He was there from the very beginning when I started the club back in 2014. Um, and Andrew is um, a Union City uh, re- resident, went to J- James Logan High School with me, and we were former teammates uh, throughout high school. And Andrew, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you guys. Um, thanks for having me. It's, it's been great. Just kind of the fact that we started a podcast and hearing the other interviews, I think it's been honestly interesting listen i've been listening to everything i can and um yeah excited to be here awesome awesome to have you so today is going to be andrew's episode and we're going to talk about his his volleyball journey and how he got into coaching because he's been coaching for a very long time um and he's been a, he's been part of almost i think all of my me and stacy's successful teams at logan and club he's seen usually grow from one two teams out of logan to where we are today and we wouldn't be the club we are without andrew so really andrew start off with just how he got into the game yeah i mean man you really you really hyped me up honestly that was, thank you for that but honest i feel like uh it kind of happened organically I, i've always been around sports and you know my parents put me in every sport possible so eventually in high school i tried out for the team volleyball team and uh i made the jv team lucky enough you know and i was honestly just trying to stay active but i built a passion for the game and then eventually just kind of moved on there once i got a hook into the game i wanted to get better just like i'm a competitive guy um really just after the first year i asked my parents hey there's this club thing let's let's try this club thing i know you gotta pay for it but you know end of the day my parents were like hey if you can raise some money you can play so i mm-hmm. figured out a way I wanted to play and then uh, I wanted to play for honestly any club but the only club I knew was a local club at the time and did my first year there after that moving forward a buddy on that team uh, Neil and Josh they played for another team in San Francisco so eventually moved over there and playing club was really just to come back to high school and hopefully impact the team a little bit better every year and that's, that's kind did, of um, plan. did you always start off with volleyball or did you play other sports like like in middle school did you already play volleyball or did you do anything else not any like organized teams but like i played almost in every sport camp possible my parents were like hey try soccer try baseball mm-hmm. um try t-ball try basketball i was really bad at basketball but um <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, they basically maybe try mm-hmm. everything so that was really cool because then I learned how to use my body, you know, like hand-eye coordination. That applies to every sport. So coming to volleyball, I think it helped out a lot, just kind of like intaking coach feedback. When they said this, I can actually, you know, maybe apply it a little bit quicker than someone who's still learning their body. Yeah, I remember. So I think Andrew is a, a year younger than me, right? a grade young, younger than me. So I remember, I think when you, yeah, when you were on JV, Andrew was like, you were really small. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Tiny, yeah, no like, oh, tell us about that, because I know you did not just <laughs> come out being a starter. You did not just jump as high as you jump now, right? Like, no, no. How I, did you I, start off? Like, That's funny. Yeah, yeah. So when I came to high school, I was like 4'9", 
Like I can Damn. clearly walk under the men's net, like no, no touching. My head would not touch the bottom of the tape. Like it was, it was honestly. And the funny thing is, I was telling everyone, I'm, I'm playing front row. I'm, I'm hitting, <laughs> and I was barely touching the top of the tape. So, um, of course, you know, being a guy, I was very competitive. Like I said, and these other guys and coaches saying, "Oh, you're too small." But I've heard that like all through my entire life. So. Um, I know I can't control the height thing, but one thing I, I knew you can control is maybe increasing your vert a little bit more. So I put a lot of effort in that. Um, honestly, I, I jumped as much as I could. Uh, I looked up workouts on how to increase your vertical. If I saw someone who can jump high, I would go ask him, hey, what do you do? Uh, and lucky enough, I did get a lot of assistance like on my journey. And uh, I remember the first day where I got my hand over the net. I was like, yeah, this is <laughs> happening. And that was at the, the end of freshman year. So I felt like in one season going from barely touching the tape to hand over the net, um, just seeing the results, you know, it gives you some sense of confidence to keep going. And, uh, yeah, that's exactly pushed me into club and, and finding mentors and coaches who can really develop me as an athlete. So like, were you always like, what position were you first? And like, were oh. you always outside hitter? Or? No, no. So, um, you know, being being short, like I said, uh, coaches didn't even give me the opportunity. You know, not even a second thought about putting me in the front row. So passing was my way into the game, uh, and serving. So if I knew if I could do those two things, then play time might be a thing. So definitely during practices, once I started making my serves, I started making it tougher. And then on the flip end, making sure that every single time the ball was served, even within remotely in my area, I would take the rep. Like, there was no really stealing, you know? You get it up, good pass, the team's gonna reward you for that. They're gonna be happy, but um, that was my first role. And then eventually, as my vertical increased, uh, then I got some opportunities playing the front row. And um, it was easier for coaches to let me go all around six rotations now, because once I started keeping the ball in, I already had the back row skills, so. I basically just fought for as much play time as I could, and I think Conan mentioned it in the last episode, or his episode, where you're not really playing time, it, it's rotations. So I made sure yeah. the rotations where I was in, errors were not happening, or at least I wasn't creating the error. When, when at what point in high, in high school did you realize, like, okay, this is, like, my thing, I'm gonna go more, more into it, I'm gonna get serious about it. You know, you got into club, right? But you also got into lifting and, and, and getting, your, like you said, your vertical up. Uh, at what point did did you really realize like okay like I'm gonna get more serious into the game? I would say towards my sophomore year. I think that first year of club experience it really opened my eyes to be like, whoa! Guess what? When you go to that first club tournament and you go to the first court and you see what the top tier teams the look like, place. yeah, you you start thinking to yourself, hey, can I compete with this? You know? Mm -hmm. And for me, I I told myself realistically, maybe not yet, but I do see myself being able to. So that's kind of where volleyball got me it got me in, into this mode where like hey i can possibly compete with these guys even not being that tall you know because my vertical is increasing and uh, my strength is increasing because the lifting and stuff like that um that's that's probably when i, I saw these guys flying and just crushing balls so <laughs> honestly just wanted to be like them at the first i think going into so like when you started playing club how was your first experience playing club because I know, like, where we came from, not a lot of guys at the time played club, um, and there wasn't that many clubs around, I think, that was available, you know, to play. But what can you remember from your, like, early club days? 
man, honestly, it. I'm, okay, my first year experience uh, in high school, we didn't get very much coaching at all. Um, or I don't know who, whoever your coach was at the time. Yeah, so going into the club season, it it gave me so much structure. Mm-hmm. Now it gave me the instruction of how I'm supposed to do things. How do you pass ball? How everyone knows? Okay, hit the ball, but how do I hit the ball? You know, even mechanics. Yeah, just a bunch of fundamentals and. I was really excited to kind of just be exposed to those things because it really took anyone's games, like ball controls, skills, fundamentals. It takes you to the next level. And then, um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't until I moved on to the next club where I learned more about the IQ of the game and uh, not just playing high balls all the time because my height, I I really didn't have the ability to go OT over guys, right? Mm. So I really had to focus on, hey, what is – what strat would work for me and that would be speed you know so playing fast playing fast and smart spot hitting exactly exactly yeah. and eventually that's kind of what i was known for it wasn't really the the straight down banging kind of guy i was more like really consistent and and find the open spots kind of guy so like because people don't know so like how tall are you right now andrew you're probably I'm like, like five nine five eight uh, okay so, and then so when did you start growing though because you said that you're like four, four nine, nine four you know, yeah, you're yeah five foot back then <laughs> Uh, luckily enough, I had a growth spurt that sophomore year where I ended up being like four two, four three. I mean, uh, five two, five three. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another one going into my junior year where I ended up being like five five, and I'm pretty sure it left high school like so five, like five, five, six. combination of uh, a growth spurt and and um, your vertical increasing, right? Yeah. So if people don't know because Andrew. Where he started, like I said, uh, you were, were you always a starter? Like, yeah. No. So you started from the bottom, right? Small kid, and like I said, Andrew came out of nowhere because you grew a little, b- you grew a little more, obviously, and then you got your vertical. But people don't know, Andrew, you finish as one of the top hitters in the league, right? During your 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 time yeah. at Logan, yeah. Um, first team all league, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, tell tell like the kids today. Um, how did you get from the small kid on the bench who people didn't even let hit right at the time to becoming one of the top hitters in the league in the entire league by the time you finish to be real man i honestly there's a lot of hard work in the sense of like i knew that it wasn't just going to happen you know like you can want things as much as you want but if you don't put the actual steps to achieving that goal mm-hmm. then you're, you're really going to have zero chance and then on the other side of that, there really was some, you know, luck. You know, I, I did grow. I could have. Yeah. I didn't get to control that. And luckily, I did grow a little bit. And, yeah, so a lot of that is just hard work and, and, and luck. But hard work first, you know, like you just bringing that up kind of reminds me why it's so easy for me to be optimistic with, especially if you're a young athlete. Like you, your ceiling is unknown. You know, like you, you really don't have a ceiling until you start putting them on yourself, really. By not maybe hitting the gym, maybe not going hard in practices or, or whatever it is, then you're limiting yourself, of course. But um, if you don't do those, I mean, if you're working hard, you're showing up the practice, you're putting the time in, it's easy for me to be optimistic for you because I think it's possible for anyone. For, for a small guy like me, mm-hmm. there's no way, like, you, you're thinking a guy like me was going to go up and, and hit even. Start bouncing balls yeah. later and you know, like come all league and everything. Eventually, you know, yeah. It, small guy like me uh, i think the biggest achievement is to say like i was i was dunking a ball at one point 
You know, there, there's no way you look at a guy like me on the court and he's like, oh, he can dunk a ball. So that's that's kind of one of those things that like, oh, man, that is kind of so far out there. And, and every coach is always saying, oh, you're too small, or you're too short. I, that's one thing for sure that affects me as a coach now. Like I don't try to not put limitations on the athletes going yeah, forward. I think like today, a lot of players, if they're small, they're already categorized as like a passer, which I mean, probably in, in most cases, which is realistic. Right? But yeah, if you have the vertical, right, you, you know, there's a, there are a lot of successful small hitters, you know, but um, they're very high, high IQ, mm-hmm. right? They mm-hmm. obviously they work hard and they put in all the work they can in areas that they can control. They can't control if they grow again, but they can control how much they're lifting Right, maybe they're hitting mechanics, jumping mechanics, right? Yeah, yeah. <coughs> like memory, I you know I remember from Andrew because I think I'll, we only played together my senior year, right? Yeah. yeah. So my senior, I was an outside um, at Logan, and Andrew was an outside, but also I think he also played like libero. Yeah, right? yeah, mostly libero at that time. And I this memory I have, um, and I think I've told this story before to maybe some other players before but you know it's that mindset you had and you had a, a very um, ambitious mindset he was motivated you know and in, in in return like he was motivating other people like me like I remember I was a senior and I remember Andrew I don't know if you remember this story but we probably talked about this before but I remember Andrew was like oh I'm gonna take your spot yeah, yeah, and he's like I want your spot or something like that I want your spot I want your outside yeah. spot and I was like oh, you know in my mind I was like uh, you know obviously me I'm like you know, telling like Chad and them like good luck. I'm like, you yeah. can try to take it, you know. But but it was friendly competitive yeah. fire. But it made me like actually like oh, I need to like, you know, mm-hmm. keep keep my thing in check. I need to show up Andrew. I need to remind him why I'm I'm playing over him. For example, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's all I feel like that's missing today because people don't want to hurt each other's feelings. But Andrew did it in a way where it wasn't even like being an asshole or anything. He was yeah. just like kind of joking it but was. like i'm like taking it serious still you know and we're teammates though like it never messed up us being teammates or like but it was like competition like okay man mm-hmm. i just bounce the ball like I need to <laughs> the ball. If I, i'm trying to block this guy in practice right we're going up against each other yeah you know like a little smack talking and stuff like that and andrew um you know he ended up s- still contributing to our team in different ways as an outside and a libero i think like you started as a libero mm-hmm. throughout the season also while still hitting, you know, and I think you transitioning your senior year into into full outside mm-hmm. and then getting all league and carrying the Logan team and all that, like it just shows like the hard work. Um, and like tell for the kids listening, like how much volleyball did you play, Andrew? Like think go back to your back in the day, like how much volleyball did you really play to actually improve? Because I think there's a there's a notion like. Um, that oh I just go to practice like, two mm-hmm. hours is enough I'm just gonna go to my practices you know like but I feel like if I look back at it back in the day we did a lot more yeah right? yeah I mean there was never enough volleyball to be honest like I mean volleyball courts are already hard enough to find for playing opportunities you know so if there was a court and I was offered to play I'd be playing right so like whether it be open gym another practice you know I remember saying after practice I'm like coaches offering hey do you want to practice with us and heck yeah you know i wish i had more of that locally but even 
without the practices honestly i think we went to open gyms yeah went to open gyms we just drove out wherever we could just to get reps you know just to work on you small things. To, uh, go to sports center yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> they still have the um like volleyball on tuesday thursdays but it's not like what it used to be i think back then when we were in high school like it was actually like more competitive you know what i mean now it's more for like beginner rack which is fine like yeah. it's good for a place for kids to play but back then like we all pulled up i think to yeah. the sports center like all the varsity people even to the point where like kids from other schools started hearing about it like i want to come through you know what i mean and that was after practice i think yeah we had practices like you know <laughs> and we would come up just to play and yeah yeah get more reps so like yeah man I, that bringing that up is i wish i had so much free time like that back in the day just to like play volleyball you know um, and which why I'm surprised now, like when I'm hearing that athletes are only playing in practice, it it's very surprising, yeah. really, really, because I think if you're doing what everyone else is doing, like what's separating you, you know, exactly. what's separating you, especially if you're trying to like, you know, be a leader on the court, if you're if you're trying to be that clutch time player on your team or whatever, you, you should be doing more or know? move up from like JV to varsity. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, like if you're um, on the bench and then you want to be a starter, like what are you doing, right? Because, like Angie said, if you're doing the same thing as everybody else, it's like how are you going to get ahead of them? Yeah, and I, I felt that was really important because, you know, I felt like I started the game late. Athletes, I knew they were playing like 6th, 7th grade, 8th grade, you know? And even now they're, they're starting that early, so which is phenomenal, I think. But for me to start freshman year in high school i knew there was a gap i needed to close right and mm. that's just being realistic with myself you know it's like hey these guys already know how to pass the ball i'm i'm just figuring out how to touch the ball correctly yeah. and make it you know go in the right direction ish so i knew that there was a gap i needed to close and once i closed the, close the gap it wasn't really like staying there like how do i increase this gap how do mm -hmm. i separate myself from these other athletes well yeah i think that's the strategy people got to think about is if you have a, com a com you know competition like a teammate, obviously, you guys are going for the same position. <clears throat> Maybe you know you're trying to one up another school, another team. It's like we have to f you have to find ways to separate yourself and and give you an advantage, right? Whether it is yeah. putting more work on the court or in the weight room, footwork, you know. Yeah. yeah. So like later on, Andrew, like later half of your high school playing days, you. Um, started playing at a more competitive club in um, San Francisco, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, how was your experience over there? What did you learn? Like, how did that contribute to you being a better player, like, going into your senior year at Logan? Honestly, the, the level of IQ that was over there, it was it was unlike anything that was going on in, in our league, you know? So, like, our area. these <clears throat> people were, I mean, they're running faster tempos different sets that we never ran we never ran like like threes and back ones and shoots and bakes and stuff like that we were running like fours ones fives more basic you know yeah. our, our, our special set was what the back one right so and and over there they had just a different style of playing even defensively it, it really kind of raised my awareness of hey where to position yourself like if certain things are happening on defense for the most part before I was just kind of reading and reacting and to the ball really like but over there i learned that hey as a system defensive system this is what our team does you know this is where everyone should be in certain situations you know uh when this happens that happens like 
even situations like box drills like when the setter is out you know what do we do you know we, we have someone else set and at the time it was our libero would be the second setter so mm-hmm. that was me half the time so um yeah i mean that that was a really eye-opening experience just because like over there with the high level play we i was exposed to again like when we traveled to socal which is another <coughs> jump in skill yeah. you know it doesn't even compare to norcal to be honest it kind of just kept on making me aware of like hey there's more there's more to this there's a higher level and there's more adjustments that could be made whether it be myself or i can bring these things back to the team I'm like hey if we can apply this in the team we'll, we'll dominate envile you know so yeah. awesome yeah i think i remember you making that big jump because you were playing you know at, at more competitive level and like you said traveling more and yeah i remember watching some of your i think i came to i don't know if it was your senior night or <clears throat> i went to one of your big games yeah, what, what game was that it was against american or something oh like man that's game. that's a big game and i remember you just carrying the team and <clears throat> i remember that because i think me even some of the other alumni were watching that game but i just remember that was your senior year and yeah it's, it's always cool looking at obviously your old teammates doing better <clears throat> leveling up you know what i mean yeah yeah it was it was honestly it, honestly thanks for coming out and support because i was kind of closer to the older guys when i was playing when you guys graduated i was like still there yeah you and neil were like are like leftovers from our team because we had a lot of seniors yeah, and I, I looked before. up to you guys, really. Like, you know, you mentioned in, like, <laughs> me, me gunning for your position the year before. Like, that was that was definitely friendly competition because, like, you know, y'all inspired me. Like, okay, these guys have play time. Like, how do I, you know, take it, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of that's kind of where that started. Yeah. Do you have a game from high school that you are, you know, most memorable, like your senior year or something like that? I would say it was against American. Um, you, you were still playing. Um Oh, when I was there? I think, yeah, it was your senior year. Oh, was it uh, uh, at American? Yeah, it was at American. It was a crazy finish. Uh, yeah, uh, was it, was, it was a great game. I mean, uh, remember when you were getting on his knees and everything at the end, celebrate. That was that was a fun time. That was yeah, a great team. that was team. a tiring uh, game. Yeah. You played a lot that game, too. Like, yeah, I and I got pl- yeah, to play some outside. I got some blocks out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a very competitive game. I think back, back in the day, uh, I mean, we to be honest, we were playing for second place because Mission was like undefeated. Yeah. They were really good, but yeah. I think me, us and American were going head to head for like second. And like I said back then, it don't matter if you know first, second. Like we, nobody wants to lose. Like it's competitive. Yeah. Some of the, our club teammates were on the other side, right? Yeah, yeah, that was made even more fun. <clears throat> yeah, I remember. Uh, man, that was a long five sets. Like. And <laughs> that gym was going crazy. Yeah, that, it was like, <laughs> I don't know. It, I don't think volleyball games are like that anymore, at least. I don't know. Not Logan. Like, that American was fully packed. Like, mm-hmm. right? I think mm-hmm. one side fully American, the other side fully um, Logan. Uh, Logan and yeah. Everybody was there. Yeah, that was a crazy game. And yeah, our teammate Monir, he was like the, the like, kind of jokester of the team yeah you, you know? kept everything lighthearted. honestly having somebody like that i think has mentioned roles in one of the past episodes but like but hey man he his role was game. so he vital st- he started that and game. He, yeah and he got some playing time which he got even some made him shots greater. in there and everybody was laughing because like i mean i was laughing because like they couldn't stop him and like <laughs> yeah they even play all the time <laughs> he was just happy to be in the game he was trolling yeah. but i remember yeah end of the game it's because there's a video of it but uh, we finally get that game, the game-winning point because I think I forgot. I think their their middle like gets an 
like tips the ball to the net or some shit like that. Yeah, they, they, it was an error on their side. And but. then Monir, our teammate, he just like runs and slides on his knees and like, like one of those classic <laughs> looking up at the sky, yeah. open his arms. It was like super funny. Like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, those moments actually like, like that game wasn't for anything. We weren't playing for a championship, but no. those moments, you know, that, that's why I tell players those moments are what you actually remember like going through adversity with your teammates and battling out with your teammates you know what i mean yeah 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 it it's like the group it's like the group you're with you know yeah i I don't remember scores and and a lot of plays but i do remember the team the Mm. people i was with you know that's that's at the end of the day that's what kept me around this this sport really is because man the friends i've made the connections i've made they're so, I mean, there's things I still have today, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure. So how did you um, get into coaching? So you graduate, right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, like, how did you get your first coaching job? How did you get into it? That's an interesting story. So um, my, technically my first opportunity ever, lucky enough, I got a coach, assistant coach under uh, another Logan alumni, Shalise. She was starting another local club. And I remember she just asked me, hey, do you want an assistant coach? And, you know, and I, I said, sure, why not? Like, I got to stay around the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was still playing here and there, but it wasn't, like, an organized team again. So I, stu- I still wanted to stay around the game and stay competitive that way. And uh, on that team, yeah, that's so far. I, I got to coach uh, Linda and Vivian on that team. That's how far back that was, really. And um, mm-hmm. from there, I kept on just – honestly pursuing the next coaching opportunity eventually you hit me up you and rosenthal gave me the opportunity to go be the jv coach on uh at logan right and we just started with the boys and yeah that was that was fun you know really like i was a little nervous because you know i was so young like anything you got to start somewhere right and um it wasn't too bad like i think all the teams we coached were not like we're going super far but they're competitive i like seeing the growth in the athletes like i i liked that i was able to pass on like the skills and teach them the skills and then the iq of the game and then so i really just stuck with it until i think you got the girls program right yeah i know um you were coaching at that other club for shalice right and didn't you switch because like something sketchy happened over there yeah yeah you know on, let's just say that Something happened with something the happened. Other co-owner so I I I co- started coaching special. at another club basically. Yeah, and gotta uh, get out of it. <clears throat> gotta get out of there. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't. Things happen. I didn't want to dig too deep in that, but things happen. So I I didn't see myself spending time there anymore or coaching there anymore, and I just had to move on to you know bigger and better things. Yeah, I think you know? by then we started usually after right? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's another reason I was gonna move forward to that exactly like not too long after um, being at Logan. This guy Matt was like, "Hey, I think I'm gonna start a club." Yeah, <laughs> was it like, was our first. He was my first coach, so like I coached one of the. It was boys, so I coached. I don't even remember. Was it 18s or something? 16s, and yeah. you did the whatever age was younger. I think it was like 15, 16s. Yeah, something like that. And then, yeah, we started out with those two teams, just me and Angie. We didn't even have assistants. That's crazy. Yeah. I think we practiced at a Logan back then, and at the same time, coaching the girls. So we would do it overlap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, then and we were college, man. So we were <coughs> yeah, and it was we were a busy full, time. Full-time, <laughs> full-time college students. So, man, guess, yeah, that was a blur. I guess, like, looking back, when you had to make that decision to, like, move on from 
the other club like because I've, I've been in those situations where I was like man like do I want to continue staying mm-hmm. like with this AU program or whatever right and it's funny story because Matt you you told me just run basketball through UC Elite yeah. and that's how like I started off with Taryn and, and all that and that was like a hard decision but I felt like for me if it didn't line with my values like why would I s- put myself in that like situation yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know thing with Andrew is you know we we could we notice if there's something fishy you mm-hmm. know and that's why Andrew left that the first club he was with because there's so much fishy going on there you mm-hmm. know what I mean and I think the second you notice something's fishy you know or something's not done right like I said if there was some issues I think like Shilly's told me Andrew that there's you know something sketchy going on with her her co-owner of that club so we got to get out of there you know yeah and so the biggest thing yeah when Shilly's left I mean I, I was there for her Mm-hmm. I I did when she played at Logan. I got an opportunity to see her, and she was she knew she was doing on the court, you know. Yeah. So she was a great player too. Yeah, um, I, when she was in at Logan, and yeah, she you know we I think we we all knew her because uh, well obviously she went to Logan, but also we played like grass and we played yeah. open gyms with her. And yeah. So you know, but yeah, you know, I think it all worked out because Angie was able to come you know over here and help mm-hmm. us start the club. Um, and get us going. Um, I would say, Andrew, like, uh, from your playing days, name your top three. This is on the spot, everybody. Okay. <laughs> top three favorite teammates. And you don't have to be biased because I'm sitting right here. <laughs> <laughs> top oh, three man. favorite teammates. Man. You've had a lot of teammates. Yeah, I've had so high school many or cool club, teammates. You know, high school or club. Man. I. I'm gonna just go with a buddy like I've known for a long time, Neil Verena. Like I don't know if he's mentioned him on the podcast before, but like, man, this guy is just—he's been mentioned. His work ethic is just ridiculous. Like yeah. it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like this man's already talented at what he does, and he still be grinding. So like having a teammate like the, him on, like next to you, it, you can't take days off, you know, because you start realizing, man, this guy's already good and he's still like grinding you know so having him on the team I, I really liked having him around just as a friend first and foremost and then have being having him as a teammate as well it just keeps everyone in check you know keeps everyone accountable um so that's definitely one of my favorite teammates i've had um honestly i was gonna say no bias i was gonna say you too because for the oh same exact re- <laughs> for the oh, same wow. reason for the same reason why do you think i was like as a junior i was definitely talking that shit to to you just because like not not to bring it down it's just to kind of remind you hey i'm i'm working my butt mm-hmm. off over here like so if you slack off like i'm closing the gap you know and you know you being a great athlete yourself you know you, you never really and competitive you never really let it close you know like mm. Uh, I was able to take the other outside spot, but like mm-hmm. you're still on the court, so obviously you know, hey, hey, you're 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 one of those guys that kind of led the team as a captain and also like led through action. You know, that's I think those are best kinds of leaders. Um, that's, that's also got to be like a really big compliment to yeah, like you. Up. I mean, like in, just in general, <laughs> like imagine like, oh wow, like someone wants to take my spot type thing and just like build that competition, like. I don't know. I love seeing it on the teams I've coached too, and, and it's. I think it just 
brings the the camaraderie to together. No, Andrew, and he yeah, did it's it. Nothing personal. A, he did it in a respectful. Yeah. Respect, respectful, like competitive, like way. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. not like he was being like that, like <laughs> any type of way. You know. He's like, hey, you're never gonna see the court again. <laughs> yeah, and we actually yeah, it helped the team. You know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Who's the third one? <clears throat> third one. Man. I would say he probably never really not realizes or anything like that. But this is like a low key. He's a quieter dude. Um, he was on my club team. He was a setter. What's his name? His name's Greg. Greg. Okay. So Greg, I liked him a lot because I think his demeanor and the way he carried and he was a very cohesive person. You know, which is important to a team setting when he's a setter. You know, he's touches the ball almost every you know literally every rally you know yeah and i really looked up to him for non non volleyball things like simple like communication skills within this team leadership skills and i mean he also takes care of his job on the court which is great too and he's just a nice guy man i just i really liked having him on the team and being able to play with him for the short time that i did uh i really do wish i had more opportunity to play with him Awesome, yeah. awesome. Okay, so now the next question is going to be uh, top three favorite, I guess, players that you've had the pleasure of coaching or cross paths with over the couple years because you've been coaching for 10 plus years now. Right? Yeah, yeah, man. That's and I think we should mention that like Andrew's coached multiple levels, like yeah. middle school, high school, club. You did, didn't, did you just see Wayoka a little bit? Yeah. Oh my god, you even see oh my gosh, Yeah, <laughs> so I mean yeah. like yeah. you've seen like different levels of kids and maybe even seen some of them kind of grow up. I mean, you mentioned Linda and Vivian. Yeah, seeing them at a young age and then now they're coaching with us. It's kind of crazy. But yeah. Yeah, it is pretty wild, man. You're hitting me with these top 3 things of all time. I might have mm-hmm. to look back and think about it, but Yeah, so I mean, um, it could be yeah, from a club team. I mean, you've coached obviously a bunch of club teams. It could be guys too or girls. Man, but yeah, guys and girls, that's a big pull. Like, Honestly, if, if it's just a top three that come to my mind, and no specific order, to be honest, I honestly just thought of Linda first. and then mm-hmm. Because, man, you know, you, you, you knew Linda from a young age. This girl was going to be somebody in volleyball. Like, she was yeah. going to be somebody. You know, with her history and her work ethic and her passion for the game, it, it was almost, like, bound to happen. You know, but nothing's guaranteed, of course, you know. So... I d- in my head, I just knew that, hey, if there was anyone that could play at the next level, this would be kind of what it looked like. You know, a girl mm-hmm. who's grinding every day, yeah. surrounds herself with the has game. Has passion. Yeah, has passion for the game. And, you know, she's, she yeah, she she really wanted that thing. After that, I would say this girl named Tatiana, she just came out of nowhere. Came out of nowhere, man. She, she This girl came into Logan her freshman year and was ready to carry. Like, yeah. you know? She was still rough around the edges, but what I mean by ready to carry was like she she lived for the moment. She wanted the ball, mm, you know. Yeah. And um, her IQ, her vision for the t- the court, really like that. That's something that developed really great, and it was it was honestly just fun to watch her journey. That's what I wouldn't why I would like to say she's one of the favorite players to coach because coaching these kinds of athletes is just easy to coach. You you just give them direction and they apply it they shine and, and you're just so happy to see it happen you know yeah i think if if you ask tati and we'll try to get her as a guest hopefully mm. like yeah 
<clears throat> I forgot where she's even where she is right now, Hawaii or Utah or something. But yeah, like she was a player that I think me and Andrew were able to was able to coach at a young age, and then she actually like used what we co- what we told her, what we taught her, and applied it, developed. Um, we remember her because she was always in the gym with us, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. all the way to her senior year where she carried our team to the state championship. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and I know just I know back then when she, her senior year, I remember she like she mentioned like, you know, Coach Andrew and, you know, all of us like that helped her get to where she, you know, where got she was to. And she ended point. up, yeah, committing to Division One, um, you know, right out of high school. So, yeah. Yeah. I over thanks just because like as a coach like we were not on the courts making things happen she she carried the team to a the biggest stage a high school team could possibly get to right so state finals um (coughs) last player i mean this player didn't even really move on and play at the next level like these other two girls did but um the reason why i like her because she's very coachable and she just made the team environment great uh maxine tozan she you know her too so she's a basketball player as well so (laughs) Max, Max is awesome. She's a fun player to coach, and like I said, she's she's just a great example of how like applying things you learn on a court from a, from a sport and applying them to life, you know, mm-hmm. and, and be successful at the game of life as well. You know, she I think she, she's still in college. She's finishing. Oh, yes, San Diego. I think she's just finishing up, and you know, she's gonna be a nurse. Yeah. So I, I just love seeing how like our players like take what they got from playing for us and like just doing good in the world type thing and yeah yeah. and max was definitely one that didn't give us any headaches you know Mm -mm. maybe she'll try and troll us but then we always had some sort of like comeback for her you know (laughs) she she was fun she made it fun she she made it fun like coaching here in general she made it fun i think all the players that andrew mentioned like it was we all coached and it was fun coaching them you know they, they made it really actually a pleasure to coach them be around them you know mm-hmm. that good energy good you know like Stacey said never gave us any headaches yeah <laughs> that's a big underrated thing people don't realize you know yeah yeah I mean I would say just even her competitive nature even though she wasn't like like the hands down best player on the team or anything she kept things competitive you know in a practice setting and like in a game she would be like hey let's go let's compete you know push the team yeah um, so next, Andrew, let's, you know, let's, I'm gonna have you keep on reminiscing here a little bit, but like going, thinking back, you know, it's been long, what, 10 plus years. How do you feel like you've co, uh, I mean, grown, sorry, grown as a person and as a coach? Cause like, think about it. If you start coaching at the age of 18, 19 to where you are now mm-hmm. your life is not the same no i mean none of our lives are the same obviously mm-hmm. yeah you know, but how do you feel like you've grown as a person like come and then as a coach now compared to back then man i mean first off just as a person like to make time to coach that was that's underestimated you know like we were we were in college and we were, we were doing the college thing and eventually you know of course most people have jobs but like coaching takes a lot of your time you know you, it doesn't you when you leave the gym it doesn't necessarily like you stop thinking about like what the next practice plan is going to be like uh, or what the rest of the season's plans are you know like there's always that next tournament especially when you're coaching year-round from high school into club back into high school you know it's it's a lot 
and um, you know like even during that time I took a little break you know just to kind of deal with some personal stuff and life happens like life you don't know what is going on in a person's life sometimes and yeah at the time for me a little bit there was it kind of got overwhelming to be around the game which was kind of hard for me to admit because like you know something I have so much passion for uh, but you kind of got to mature and with the whole like time management thing it didn't work so I take a break for like maybe one club season or so and then Mm -hmm. I was thinking of the whole year but to be honest like I can stay away from the game for whatever reason I kept on thinking about it I part of me just kind of missed being around the game being around you guys being around the club you know so like I eventually came back into Logan so that I came back refueled like re-inspired almost like it's restarting my coaching career with more experience and more knowledge so I think those group of girls really got one of the better versions of myself as far as coaching wise because now that it's not like in the beginning you know when you're kind of I wouldn't say guessing but you don't have experience to back up your decision making you know and you're going off of just what you were coached and what what worked for you as an athlete you know um now that i'm a little bit older after that break i you can deal with certain things a little bit better like you know how to react to certain situations you know just like having a a role on the team now your team role on the team is being a coach sometimes being a coach you're supposed to be reactive and push the team sometimes you're supposed to just let them play and i think for me i was figuring out how to be one way or the other to get the best out of the team and athletes you know and during that era i think i just had the most confidence you know whether it be like foolish confidence or not Mm -hmm. you know i I was trusting my instincts as a coach a little bit more would you say like did your did your um coaching style change from beginning to let's say like now i guess yeah, you know, I think it came from having so much experience coaching different teams, like different levels. I was not the same coach at that CIO CYO practice as I was at like a Logan practice, mm-hmm. you know? It just wouldn't be applicable and it might be <coughs> worse for this one team or the other, you know? And I wasn't oh. the same coach as at the CYO coach on these high high school teams cuz now those girls were like they were hungry. They they wanted like tough coaching how do I get to the next level right um, whereas the young teams maybe yeah you, you want to be tough but you still want to nurture this passion they're, they're building for the game yeah you know and I thought that's really important especially at the young level building a passion for the game first because usually when you have a passion for anything you, you know that person will work on their own to get better at it you know and then that now you find those young girls like even right now our 12 our team, 12's team I yep. love it dude they <laughs> love this game like they love this game. I have girls come and say after practice, asking me questions. How, coach, how to do this? All right, I'm making my serves over now, but uh, how do I make it faster and harder? You know, so like that that cycle is just so organic. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, really honestly, that's that's one of my favorite parts of coaching right now is is coaching these young teams and maybe not so much before where I was so focused on wins or losses. You know, being that very competitive guy, I naturally am sometimes you realize that hey bigger picture these kids are anywhere between nine and 
12 I think we have on our team. Yeah. You know, 10 and 12 now. Yeah. So, you know, so their, their journey is just starting. So, like, wins and losses are almost like, like, they don't even matter. You yeah. Because when as they grow. Development. Yeah, there's always that next game. Yeah. yeah. I think the funny part about our 12s team is I remember the first practice. Like, I didn't know what to expect. This was This is also, like, my first year assisting in club. And funny story, like, the girls kind of got in trouble because they tried to cheat in a running drill. Do you remember this, Andrew? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we, they had to run, like, 10 uh, sidelines. And, you know, each line was one. So, of course, when you count, whenever you come back, it's going to be an even number. The girls started counting odd numbers as they were coming back. So they were, like, skipping numbers but not oh. keeping track. <laughs> and, like, we made them run again because yeah. we wanted to, like, kind of nip it. <laughs> And, and be like, you can't be cheating yourself or the yeah. team, right? And so that got better. And I think it's funny because, you know, we would make them run and do conditioning stuff, and they, they would think it was more of a punishment. But when I think after we played our first tournament, when they saw how, how in shape you need to be to be able to play, now when we make them run or do the uh, push-ups and crunches and stuff or sit-ups, they just, they just do it. You know, yeah, if anything, they're racing each other now. So yeah, like, yeah. Like those, I, I know I said like winning and losing may not be important, but like they're core concepts that I think you should learn from a long, like an early age, as early as possible. You know, like you know discipline. You know what we, I tell them we run for, not working hard and respect. Those two things. Like mm -hmm. honestly, like not. If I feel like you could work harder, yeah, I'm gonna push you, right? And then simply just you know respecting each other as a teammate. As, as me as your coach you know uh, and hopefully this carries on to outside of the court but like still those are very important concepts to make any team setting successful right so yeah I really do focus on like fundamental stuff like that at the young age because now these future coaches that whoever coaches them in the future hopefully don't have to worry about that if they're my athlete you don't have to ask them to work hard you know they're, they're gonna be working hard they're not they're not gonna disrespect you you know so and hopefully yeah, that leads into success in the future I think yeah, definitely. It's good to set up the next generation for better success by instilling those things that you're talking about, like just simple discipline and work ethic, work ethic. And, you know, I remember, yeah, like a couple of years ago, <coughs> I think I, I had to help out with uh, it might have been like one of our 12 teams. It was like pre-COVID, actually. And I remember I was like, OK, like do some push ups or something. And they're like, what? <laughs> like, that's the wait, initial real push-ups i'm like yeah what do you mean a real push-up like yes <laughs> do it hurry <laughs> yeah 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 and they're like what are you talking about a real push -up? I'm like uh, you know i don't know what they do in pe anymore but yeah. where's the physical fitness test you know exactly that's why i was so surprised like we're acting like we don't have a pe test anymore. they not do the the presidential patch anymore yeah. remember, that? <laughs> remember the blue and red patch that you yeah know, yeah for some push-ups they skip that now in elementary school but I don't know, man. Yeah, it's good to get them into these things because it gets it sets them up later on if they want to continue the sport, you know. Um, so, Andrew, I know you mentioned like throughout the ten years, ten plus years of you coaching, you've had some um, couple moments of like burnout. I would say coaching burnout or like mm -hmm. maybe just going balancing, going, you know, because life's changing, right? And, you know, going through school, graduating, et cetera, getting a job. 
And so, you know, over those 10 plus years, how do you, like, why do you still coach? Like, how do you end up coming back to the game? Because I remember you did take a couple breaks over the last, you know, like one or two breaks from burnout or maybe just dealing with someone else, right? Yeah. Which is normal. I think, you know, everyone, all of us get burnt out. But I, yeah, I do remember, like, you eventually come back around the game, you know? Yeah, man, it is. That's something that I'm trying to decide, like, figure out myself all the time is like, what keeps me around this game exactly? And it, it really is just something, something bigger than myself. I think that's the biggest thing is like, you know, like everyone wants to be a part of something bigger than themselves, but also that passion I have for the game just never really died out. You know, that's really what it is, whether it's on the court or just on the sideline as a coach. Like, I still like being around the game. I mentioned before, again, like I am a competitive guy, so it's a way to get that out of my system and um, compete, strategize against other coaches and um, watch this game evolve. Like, you know, we've, for as long as we've coached, like the game now is not the same as it was before, right? No. Like we, we weren't running the things we are now. We're not, we're not, man, like honestly, before you started the 6-2 thing, I don't think any team in the MVAL knew what a 6-2 was, you know? So this I'm excited to watch the evolution of the game, just like, you know, you, you got to see the evolution of these athletes over time. Yeah, I feel like um, if we look back, rotational defense in Envel yeah. when, when Logan was at its peak, yeah, no one was doing rotational defense. Not a in single my opinion. person. Maybe I don't know. Maybe one. I don't even know. But not an Envel. I didn't dude. see anybody do it. I'll and tell then you. And now almost every school in Envel, a lot of them do rotational. I don't know if they're doing it correctly, but a lot of them are trying to do rotational now, and it makes sense. Like obviously, because people will probably see something successful working, you know, but mm -hmm. I think a big part of our success coaching together, all of us, right, at Logan is because we're able to bounce off each other. We're able to give each other feedback. Uh, we're able to work well with the players also because, you know, for me, I can have an assistant, but if the, if the players or the girls don't respond well to them, they don't. You know, the coach doesn't have good ethos to them and, or, like, credibility. It's tough. You know what I mean? And I know during our championship runs, definitely Andrew was someone that's, like, we talked about this before, saying the little things when you sub out, when someone's getting an error. I, know, I remember, like, definitely Andrew would say a lot of stuff to, like, Tati or, like, whoever our outsides were, whoever could hear mm -hmm. something, you know, because mm -hmm. you need that big, a lot of that little feedback when you play at the highest level, when you play at a competitive level, micro adjustments, it's it's happening during the game. We're, you know, we're adjusting during the game. We're giving feedback during the game. You can't just do it during your two timeouts, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much, especially as an assistant coach. I just felt like, you know, you being the head coach, you're covering the macro vision. And uh, it's so like I need to fill in those sm small things that the head coach doesn't really have, like, the time to do, really. So Yeah. Um, going back now, Andrew, because I just remember this. So I remember when we were younger, and you've mentioned it before, like you weren't always supported by your parents playing this game. Much like today, there's some players who aren't, they're not supported. Maybe their parents don't want them to play or, or whatnot. Um, tell us about that, Andrew, and then how did you still stay in the game, grow in the game? You didn't let it deter you, even though I remember you, you saying like, you know you kind of supported yourself this whole journey of volleyball like yeah you did not have your parents driving you across the bridge or driving you to san francisco or 
taking you to all the practices. I think you, I remember you're one of those players that found a way to do it. Got a ride, you know, Bart, Bart, uh, <laughs> yeah. roomed with another player at tournaments. Um, yeah. Figure out a way to pay for things, even though club was expensive, you know, sure was. Yeah. So, I mean, Honestly, I think that's another reason why I, I loved the game so much more. It felt more rewarding when I got to practices, to uh, events like tournaments and stuff like that. Um, I mean, my parents could, they did what they could, honestly. I feel like, you know, they did their best. And, um, but at the end of the day, they weren't like traveling with me on every tournament, you know, like, especially when we go to LA, like, they got work and stuff, you know? So, and I, it makes sense. So I had to figure out how to room ask other people hey you got space in your room like can i can i pay you so like and then like, we share rooms somehow you know so like <clears throat> i mean that was that's a something i don't really think about because honestly it's like if i wanted to play it just kind of came hand in hand so it was just things i had to do um yeah and, you know, and now in retrospect i feel like that's why i'm so happy for the kids now they gotta to have one them. in their backyard you know, mm-hmm. I, I tell Matt all the yeah. time, like, man, I wish I played for your club. <laughs> you know, I wish I wish this club existed before, like, before me, like, coaching, you know? So, like, um, yeah, I honestly. Think, Andrew, I remember this. We talked about this before. We, we, we talked about this. I remember me and Andrew, we told each other, like, I we wish we, we played for ourselves. Yeah. I, as coaches, mm-hmm. the type of coaches, me and Andrew, were I think especially during those Logan days and stuff like that even now like like we would only do things that we would want to do ourselves if we were players if me and Andrew did not if we wouldn't want to pass for three hours then we, why would we make the Logan girls pass for three hours yeah right? yeah if you know what I mean if we didn't want to go to these competitive tournaments if we were players then we would not make our players do it we would never make them do something we would not do like yeah. even the amount of running if the girls think they run a lot which and today they don't run they at don't. all a lot, but back our Logan team used to run a lot still, at least, or the boys used to run a lot. But we, me and Andrew, we when we played, we always ran more. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like whatever the players today think is a lot of running, we ran more. I yeah. remember the practice where I think I've seen across the court and he, him experience the same thing on the club uh, club side. It's like they're running for the whole practice. You know, like I don't think we they touched the ball for maybe like. For warm-ups, right? And then ran the entire practice. Freshman year, same thing. Like, we, we ran what we called them back then was microwaves, which was really, like, yeah, just suicide. Yeah, I, I remember that when I was on JV. The whole practice, y'all. Like My freshman year, I remember yeah. that. We'd run for no reason. We're undefeated. Yeah. And we start practice. <laughs> the first half hour has to be just pure running for no reason. Yeah, yeah. You know, which brings on forward, like, when we started coaching, we had that boys team. Even when they won, they would they would run. You know, so that those are small things that like we had a good standard for the our bo- like yeah back then. Uh, what year is that? <coughs> Twenty. It's hard to tw- date things. Totally. Thirteen, fourteen, something like that. Fifteen, one of those. Sounds about right there. Our boys team back then, because we used to have athletic PE, we used to make them run two miles every other day, mm-hmm. and it became habit, and they got in shape. Yep. The best shape they've ever been going into the that spring season, and we didn't lose a single league game. I think we were top rank and we finished top four, you know, in the section. Yeah. Um, those guys, they had jokesters. They had a bunch of trolls on that team, but they, we, we whipped them up. You know, they were yeah. they were disciplined. They worked hard. Um, yeah, I remember there was a game. I think Kennedy. We played the boys played Kennedy, 
and there was a rule like a standard that if we let them score more than this much because we know we're better than this they have yeah. to run like a liner or yeah something for like each that. one or seven is it might have been a 17, 17 for every point. point yeah oh my god it was yeah today get arrested but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey but thing is they they put that standard upon themselves yeah they decided actually and know, then so. they ran like a hundred yeah 20 150 i don't even know i can't even count and the kennedy team that. who we just beat in three still they were all looking like they what is so going confused. on all the parents like well the boys decided they wanted to run after the game i said hey you guys can run it tomorrow mm -hmm. but they're like nah forget that we're gonna run it right now like the captain said that and then they all ran like we just played a three-set game yeah at home all our parents are standing there watching waiting all the kennedy fans and kennedy team is like what's going on and they're running fucking like 150 and I love that. I something. love athletes for, you know, they hold themselves accountable. Yeah. Really. They like. had the standard. That was our standard. We knew we were better than that. Mm -hmm. You know? And that's probably what is lost today and that we're trying to bring back. Unfortunately. Have a high standard for yourself. And I don't know, Angie, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like today a it's lot of different. players don't know what, I guess, what hard work is or what's a lot, I guess. it's. I mean, it's, it's all subjective, but... Mm -hmm their perspective today like they don't even know what a lot of running is a lot of running is like 12 liners or something you know what i mean yeah to them. almost all the sports i feel like even football they've they've lowered the type of conditioning probably because of studies or maybe they actually did some crazy stuff you know because mm -hmm. the heat and the pads yeah but the you know ball indoor sports but we're in the gym mm -hmm. probably got some ac or something on hardwood but today i feel like they don't know what's a lot of, like a lot of work and i'll tell you discipline. what being it comes from the experience of playing other sports as well we don't run that much in volleyball yeah so coaches i mean playing football like we we ran those gasters with the pads on and the helmets on in the sun during the summer yes we did run 100 yards back and forth back and forth but we played soccer for that's a lot of running right so yeah i mean i totally agree for an indoor sport your coach is your coach is just trying to push you and get you ready for the game when they're trying to condition you they're not trying to really punish you exactly you know and it's just what it takes to have endurance persevere pers i mean there's also i think it's also important to get every athlete to that point where they think they're gonna quit they think this is it you know because like they you can't said go anymore yeah like that's very subjective like that's a coach knows. The coach knows when you're going to break. They have usually have enough experience to like, oh, this is what it looks like when they're really going to pass out or something like that. You know, it for everyone, you, when you work out, you do anything hard, there is that mental block where you're like, oh, this is this is the end. And then you do that next one. You almost surprise yourself, right? I, I don't think enough athletes give themselves a chance to get to that point. And then Where just like, limit is, yeah, you know? and then grow because that's when you grow. You know, if you've done this before, you do it again. Like it's, you've already mastered that. Now, now that one more is where you grow. Yeah, I think these little moments. I think that most of us experienced back then that isn't happening as much today. And honestly, it is also because of the coaching today too. Like, I think there's a lot less good coaches today than back then because coaches are retiring or they don't want to coach anymore. And also like the barrier of entry to be a coach is like basically nothing nowadays. You know, like I know there's some clubs, there's some local clubs that they let anybody coach, you know, does it even matter mm -hmm. over here? Obviously, you know, we have standards too. And like, I'm not saying everyone's gonna be a great coach right off the bat, but 
there should be some sort of qualifications, you know. And I think that those <clears throat> the old school philosophies. I'm not saying they're all perfect, but especially the f- the part of discipline and pushing the kids and you know that kind of culture nowadays, competitive championship culture is like lost in almost a lot of schools. Most of the schools. That's why if you think about it, the successful programs for I would say in high school, you know, um, in our area, it's it's um, there's a lot less successful programs. It's always the same teams. Why is it always the same programs winning? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, usually it's because they have a, a standard in a culture compared yeah. to like schools that have a lot of turnover. You know, yeah. and they, or maybe they don't get a good coach. You know, <clears throat> I think that's what's like, you know, kind of making the kids maybe more and more soft is just kind of like they don't get that like yeah no push, i totally you know? i totally get that and and like that's interesting that you bring that up because where i am as a coach now like just like as an athlete i was always trying to get better and now as a coach i'm still trying to learn like i i'm so interested in why do certain programs stay good like there's got to be something with that culture whether it be like volleyball or basketball whatever it is like i watch college programs like duke is a great one like kentucky mm-hmm. like these these programs are always great you know and so when it comes to volleyball like you know stanford's usually up there right texas is always one of these teams you know like so like why why are these teams always like that and it's it's got to be something with the culture right and standards like you're mentioning um otherwise you know everyone all all the teams would be taking turns hitting the top right and that's not the case like once in a while a new coach kept steps in culture changes then you know like they 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 set a new like record or something mm-hmm. like that they, yeah. they break a new barrier and I, I think it's a great point that you brought that up that hey sometimes it, it's simple as working hard it, it's simple as just putting in the work and doing what it takes to be successful yeah like what's you ask players today like what's considered a tough coach now right mm-hmm. Who's a tough coach now? It's like there's not many now, or it's like, and I'm not com- talking about just because a coach has a team that wins. I'm talking about like who's a tough coach that every time you're challenged or you're pushed, um, you know. And e- even even us, I would say us the last, you know, recently it, it's tough too. Like you know, we've I think we've t- taken some steps back because of like how the players are today. So we're like trying to adapt, but there's that debate about, you know, are we actually helping them by adapting and making them run less liners or like, or something like that? Or do we need to go back to, you know, what we used to do before, which I feel like we should, but I feel like today, yeah, like if we get a kid, actually like same thing in college, like when I was at East Bay, we get some kids coming in, freshmen and whatnot. They don't know what tough is. They don't know what hard work is. They don't know what real struggle is because probably they're good Maybe the coach is co- good at teaching volleyball, but they didn't push them. They don't. They didn't teach them how to go through some adversity. They didn't toughen them up, and then now they get to college, and now they got a tough coach, or they're closer to the real world, you know. And kids find out later, like, wait, what do you mean? Life is tough. The real world is tough. You know, yeah. college volleyball is tough. You know, and so then they struggle. I feel like so. I mean, we. I feel like we want to. We should find a balance. Like, I agree. I agree, and that I don't disagree with the whole. Uh, you got to be tough like y- you definitely got to be tough and that's why i go back to my first point of earlier of pushing passion for the game because 
man, like it's it's gonna be hard, you know, like m- being you, you good need at passion, any, right? Yeah, you, you, you're not gonna survive. You're gonna get through it. Sometimes that's the only thing you gotta you, you you have in your head, you know. How many times have athletes been running and they thought about like, why am I still doing this? You know, like this is like my fifteenth suicide, thirtieth suicide, hundredth suicide. You know, why am I still doing this? And it's at the end of the day, it's because they love it. They 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 want to get good at this thing and hone their skills. You know. Yeah, I think like, I'm just this is coming to my mind now. Players, I feel like some of them today they associate the hard work with like oh i don't like not liking the game anymore like oh i don't want to play volleyball anymore but i mean maybe you don't like volleyball anymore maybe you don't like hard work that's part of volleyball you know what i mean Mm -hmm. or at least to play good volleyball it's not the game it's the fact that you don't like the hard work you know because there are a lot of players like like, i want to be a i want to be a varsity player or i want to be a a starter, varsity starter, but then when they realize the kind of work you have to put in to be that, yeah, they're like, you know what, actually, maybe I don't want that, you know, yeah, or I don't like that, or or whatnot, or I know there's people that, you know, in tryouts, how like some kids quit right away because they find out like how much running. I'm oh, sure they yeah. like volleyball, but the yeah. fact that you have to run, they're like, yeah, never mind, you know, yeah, maybe doing this competitively is not your thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean. That's why I feel like people shouldn't quit the game. I think they're associating the hard work with the game in the sense of, like, you can still love volleyball and play the sport, but maybe just, like, that high-level part's not for you because you don't want to put in the work in the weight room and yeah. conditioning and stuff. You, you know, know what I blame it on? I blame it on those talented athletes making it look so easy. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some natural, yeah, uh, natural uh, game athletes. Game, well, the game time, I'm sure there's natural athletes out there, but game time, spectators only see the game. They don't see your practice. They don't see the weight room time you put in. You know, so those star athletes, like, there's a reason why it's so easy for them game time. Like, that's probably like a millionth time taking that swing. You know, it's it's not yeah. the first time that they're going up for a tight set on game point and forced to do something tough with it, right? They probably practice in practice. You know? Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's, you know, our championship Logan teams, Andrew and I used to scrimmage a lot with the girls because. Mm-hmm we had to make it more competitive for our starters because yeah. <coughs> our starters were just like obviously destroying our bench. So me and Andrew would play a lot. You know, we would find ways. How are the, how can we make it tough on them? Right. And that's why, like Andrew mentioned the, in the stands, the fans, all they see was a wow, like, Oh wow. Logan's good. Or Tati is good. Moff and them are just bouncing the ball. They're so great, but they don't know like all that hard work and strategy we had to do in the background to challenge them every day yeah. so they get to the game and, you know, they're yeah. steamrolling there, teams. There's so much pre-work, pre-work into that. Like, like, and the girls took it, they took it the right way, like competing against us because we're guys or whatever. Like, they were competitive, right? They are competitive in practice. Our scrimmages were competitive. And that's why when they step into the game against whatever school, especially NVAL school, they would steamroll. It'd be easy, you know, because in practice, we're making it as difficult as possible. And the girls are pushing themselves to make it difficult so when they're in the real situation they're yeah ready to go yeah i think that's something we man that that's something that culture that i remember that you did you did a great job at incepting them with this vision of hey this is this is where our destination is at the end of the season you know is we want to be on the biggest stages you know like that's where we're working for so you know 
on these stepping stones on the way there is not just about winning these games. It's like, how do we win these games? Like, what are we doing to win these games? Are we winning because they made more mistakes? Or are we winning because we're executing our game plan, you know? And that that alone, I feel like, propelled this those teams to to what was naturally, I mean, destined, I guess, their, their goal was really state finals. You prepped them for that so early and you're pushing them every day in practice i I think linda mentioned you know you did a great job of reminding girls this is what it takes not because you say so as a coach because the game says so you know if you if you want to win at this game these these are what has to be done you know this is the realistic vision you want to create in your head all right then these are the realistical barriers that are going to be in the way to that goal, you know? Yeah, Just like actually, damn, I think I did say that back then. A lot. <laughs> or in the huddle and, or, like, you know, in our talks at team meetings. Mm-hmm. I think, like, our la- one of our last episodes talking about fighting your role, we mentioned Andrew there. And, Andrew, I know for sure, like, a big benefit for you being, like, an assistant with us and, and with me over the years is that and, – and this is what I know is important because for any – assistant you know like finding their role and you had his role with with our teams but and you did a great job of um reinforcing the culture the vision my standard because he knows me so well you were able to like you knew like oh that's not gonna cut it for matt or that's not gonna cut it over here i remember you calling people out obviously maybe in a joking way but like in a competitive way you'd be calling people out yeah. if you're slipping if you're not doing your thing and the yeah. right girls take it the right way yeah the ones that cry are the ones that are like oh and you like <laughs> being mean to me they don't see the vision <laughs> they don't see yeah the vision. and th- 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 i think that's important like having assistants having staff that believe in what we're doing too because like and you could have not believed in like what what do you mean logan's gonna go to the state championship that's not possible it's never been done before he didn't have to really buy into that let's say but then i don't think we, we would have gotten there if, if we didn't have staff that believed in what we were doing and then helping reinforce it because that's part of his role reinforcing the culture reinforcing our standards on top of like the role I said, how he's giving feedback to um, positions and stuff throughout the game and whatnot. But man, I know it's just like, it, you know, we're all here together right now. And like, we've been through a lot over the years in terms of coaching and those good times our successful times at Logan in the past were so fast. But if you think about it, it was a good, it was a, it was a pretty good run, like a long yeah. year. It wasn't just one year, you know? No, no, no. Yeah. So, I mean, Stacey, you're, you're there with us, you know, like, and I, I was, know. It's crazy to think about that. You know, I do want to bring up, Andrew, do you remember when um, when Tristan was born? Yeah. That was, like, maybe the one and only game Matt missed because, yeah. you know, he was at the hospital. Yeah. yeah. But I remember we were both, like, I think we were playing Irvington, and then Alex just came back from injury, and we were FaceTiming Matt, or I, at least I was, so that he could watch the first set. Mm-hmm. And I think Alex ended up with almost, like, 20 kills that that game and i just remember like man like matt's not going to be here for the game but at the same time uh, he like entrusted us with it and i think it's because we knew what we had to do to like get the job done you know yeah you know matt was there i think i was sitting uh, i remember i was in the hospital room i think Tristan was already born so i had my phone and i was like what's the score (laughs) (laughs) and like you know and I remember you guys saying it's all good and just I mean Alex is taking care of it she's fucking smashing everybody and getting 20 kills and she's like alright thank god see you guys later (laughs) that's why I felt like you were still there like your presence was still like you weren't physically there 
but the culture you know, that's that's the cool part mm-hmm. like once you the head coach or coaches like set this the culture like if you did it right you know the girls would just kind of carry on and, and execute you know it's it's not like anything different from what we do in practice right or other coaches yeah. there or not these girls are going to work so yeah and like think about all the okay all the travel we've been through andrew what's your favorite travel like uh, and you probably forgot them all so let's think about it where have we been yeah like arizona vegas um, vegas um socal what else is logan taking us we've been we've been to like big tournaments right over the years yeah i don't know for club we've traveled a lot like <laughs> our first time going to nationals my first time going to nationals ever with alex and them when they were 16 angie came with me or he mm-hmm. assisted me for that nationals so i feel like you've always been like in those big moments, yeah lucky yeah. enough yeah i i have gone through this ride with you and it's man honestly it's it's a huge blessing just to be able to be there just because it doesn't happen often man like that's one thing i for sure in retrospect now is like these moments are real special don't like, take it for granted i mean yeah, yeah it yeah. happens so fast to us yeah yeah it's, it's it's rare to first of all get the group of girls that are so cohesive and work the work ethic and everything we, we talk about like that is just so special and then for them to execute and then get to those those platforms or those stages sorry yeah it's crazy i can't even really i mean Honestly, I'm just going to say the the Soka trips to the Rodeo, like when we played Rodeo and... Redondo, you mean? Redondo. Redondo. Yeah, Redondo. I said, yeah, Redondo. Oh, yeah, we played... We played was that Vegas? I think it was... Uh, yeah, we played we Redondo play? in Vegas, okay. but we, I know we went to like to SoCal a couple of times for those preseason. Oh, yeah, ones, that's right. The preseason yeah. SoCal You're right. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, so. those are... Yeah, Vegas was that a That Redondo one. game was crazy, though. Yeah, I mean, not just that like i think that whole experience was really great you know like just seeing the team come together and get exposed to high level volleyball us getting to spend time off the court you know just hanging out i don't really yeah. like the, uh, the team bonding with the team i mean obviously because the way we traveled as a program back then was like college but we were able to really bond and um like i said it's a good combination of getting things done winning on the court competing right doing all those right th- but still having fun yeah you know yeah. It doesn't have to be a sacrifice. One doesn't have to, you know, um, like take away from the take other. away from the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree, a thousand percent. And I think that's, man, we're trying to bring that back, that culture <laughs> back. You know, have have fun off the court, yeah, and but take care of business on the court, definitely every time. You know, I was trying to figure out. I think I tried asking Matt about this. Maybe you might remember, but when we were in Arizona, why did we end up jumping into the pool? Did, did we lose a bet? Uh, you mean when the, I don't know the girls like went swimming, right? Yeah, <sighs> can't even remember. I think we yeah, lost. I don't bet. know. I know I you wouldn't. jumped in the pool first, though. Maybe you lost a bet. <laughs> <laughs> Did we jump in? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, I think we just. I thought you guys jumped too, though. Did we? I don't remember. Oh man, <laughs> it was good weather. Though. It was yeah, hot. it was good. I mean, I, th- I mean, it was hot. We're having fun in Arizona. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. Yeah. I can't remember that too, but I do remember getting to the pool. Why did remember, Why did we jump in? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I remember. Stacy, you went in first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. At like. that point, I was like, I can't leave Stacy out. You know, we got to get into full two. You know what I also remember? Um, whenever we would go to SoCal, we always went to the beach with the, with the girls. Mm-hmm. I just remember, I don't know, I just feel like there was good times there, a lot of good memories, joking around, I know. Yeah. They'd all try to throw you in the pool. <laughs> yeah, in the, in the, the water. In the, in the water engine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, and, they mess around um, too much. <laughs> I remember one time... We're being in Hi- Huntington Beach, and we found some sand courts. Yeah. And then they all, you guys all played. I remember the, the whole team played some sandball for fun. 
Got yeah. some reps there. Was, See, like that's those are the good relaxing like fun times. Yeah. But then we were able to like, you know, we're ready to go the next day, right? And we, like I said, we don't go to these trips and mess around and not win. We go around and do damage, you know. Yeah, they had. They still had. They brought the focus when we yeah. got back to court. We got both. We were able to compete and have fun. You know, like I said, we were able to do both. We didn't have to. It just goes to show how mature yeah. those those groups were, right? You know, like be able to separate the two. You know, hey, now's for fun. Now's for for yeah. taking care. There of are some things. teams they travel. Like, do you remember why we came here? We came <laughs> here to play volleyball. You yeah. know. Don't forget that. We can have fun, but don't forget we came here to play volleyball. Agreed. I mean? Yeah, that's because that just feels the worst. You're having fun off the court, and then you get to game time, and then, you know, everything gets turned upside down because we're not, you know, we're not so focused during the game. Yeah, we used to have a lot of fun times at the Airbnbs uh, that we stayed in for Logan. I remember we traveled, like, a lot of good times. Um, I think to wrap up, Andrew, um, what are your short-term plans and future plans like coaching, I mean. Short-term plans, I mean, the most immediate goal is with our 12 students today. It's like really, like really push these girls because I think we have a great group of girls, right? And yeah, they're young. We do. <laughs> so uh, I'm just really interested in finding their limits. You know, like how, how, how much can we challenge these girls like already this year at this age? Because I think Conan brought it up too. Like these girls, athletes are more capable than like a lot of the older coaches kind of give them credit for you know like they that superficial judgment that i experienced like oh you're short you're never gonna you know we can start challenging the girls so i just kind of really interested in hey what can we look like at the end of the team at the end of the year right mm -hmm. and then longer longer picture bigger picture is really just kind of solidifying the culture that you already have going on here matt and bring back you know more teams that or more groups of girls that look like those those girls that uh kind of went to nationals or the high school girls that, you know, are taking teams to state and stuff like that and competing that level. I really want to be able to really instill that culture, solidify is the, the only word I can really think of is that. Yeah, I think um, it, we've said it, that our goal, our, our near, near future goal with the club is to develop the younger, and that's the big picture. And there's a reason why, like, you guys are coaching the 12s and we, we put experienced people there because you know that's the future you know that's the reason why you know our best coaches are coaching young ages also is because they are the next generation and instilling those things that we talked about you know because mm -hmm. it, if those things like discipline hard work have to be a teammate all these things if that's not taught to them at this young age guess how they're going to be like when they're 16 17 18 years old right so yeah. but man Thank you, Andrew, for coming on the show of uh, the podcast and being uh, our guest. You know, um, like I said, it's been a long time. It's a long journey indeed. Yeah, yeah and, and uh, we wouldn't be here still without continues. you. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're still going. Um, yeah, it's been a wild ride, and we appreciate you know everything you've done for the club and helping the club get to where it is. And I think the future generation is going to benefit from having, like I said, good coaches like yourself around still instead of all the ones that have retired you know and that are <laughs> yeah. retiring every year yeah so yeah thank you again man and thank you guys um, for having me honestly yeah, yeah it's, all it's right thank you talk. um make sure to subscribe rate our podcast and follow us um and we'll be back for another episode